Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new, original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. is in News Fighters Podcast, where we fight the news so you don't have to, with your host, Dylan Vihan. Yes, hello, good morning, and welcome to episode 101 of the News Fighters Podcast for Thursday, April 21st, 2022. I'm your host, Dylan Bain, the Kieran Gilbert of Wacky Clips. Yes, we're deep into election season. Tonight, I'm wading into the first leaders debate, and I have to say, it's made me feel a little bit like this guy. A man has fallen headfirst into a septic tank in Sydney's north. He was performing maintenance on a septic tank at a property in Sydney's north when he fell in headfirst. Yes, and although trying to find comedy gold in the first leaders debate does make me feel like I'm literally swimming in crap. Unlike the guy who fell into the septic tank, I don't have a dog named Spot to rescue me. Luckily, local dog Spot heard the man's cries for help, prompting his owner to call emergency services. Certainly a great effort by Spot. Yes, and on Channel 7 last night, that story was directly after the election campaign news story. And if you ask me, that was the wrong order. The, the septic tank guy should be ahead of the federal election news story. Much Bigger, more important news, if you ask me. But yes, on to the federal election campaign, or as I like to call it, the mainstream media repeatedly kicking Anthony Albanese repeatedly because they feel like it campaign. After a shocker of a first week on the road for Anthony Albanese. It has been a bad start for the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, no doubt about that. After a bad start to his election campaign. Bad week for Anthony Albanese. But it's more a case of Anthony Albanese losing the week, frankly. Right now, he's preparing for tonight's leaders debate right here. Here at his hotel. Let's hope he's working on the economic figures. So if asked, 
he gets it right this time. Oh, I love the media's equating of these two guys. On the one hand, we have a political leader who caused millions of us to be locked down for several months because he didn't order enough vaccines, went overseas during a massive bushfire crisis, basically runs a protection racket for corrupt kleptocrats and alleged abusers, is hated by his own side, couldn't deliver a pizza if he had to, and only cares about lowering taxes and giving out money to fossil fuel companies. But yes, let's make the whole election campaign about the guy who forgot two numbers. He's clearly not fit to lead. Yes, and the media's so lazy that in describing the debate last night, they only had one description for it. But tonight we'll get to see Prime Minister Scott Morrison and opposition leader Anthony Albanese going head-to-head for the first time this campaign. The leaders do go head-to-head tonight in their first debate. In tonight's first head-to-head debate... Before going head-to-head tonight... Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese go head-to-head for the first time. Yes, never gone head-to-head before except for... Every week when they do it in Parliament, but never mind. Yes, the debate was on Rupert Murdoch's Sky News channel, which meant the hosts had to actually take a break from bashing Anthony Albanese for a minute and actually listen to to what he had to say, which must have been a big change for them. And now into the debate itself, and Morrison and Albanese were actually on a unity ticket when it came to forgetting people's names. It was Mariel, is that right? Mariella. Mariella. Yeah, can I ask, Michael, what what business you're, you're in? What? Daniel. Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. The debate started with opening remarks, which of course for Morrison meant rolling out his pity party pitch he's been refining lately. It's been tough. It's been incredibly tough. After everything we've been through as a country over these last few years, Australians are incredibly resilient. They've overcome. We've pushed through. And you could tell the campaign higher-ups passed along some messages. Morrison got the memo not to smirk too much, thankfully, while Anthony Albanese got the memo to start using the word plan. We need a plan for cheaper childcare, cheaper electricity. We need a plan for housing affordability. And that's why we need a plan that includes a plan. Yes, commiserations to anyone out there who did the debate drinking game last night and had to do a shot every time the word plan was used. I hope your new liver arrives soon. Anyways, on to some of the questions from the audience. The audience was made up of 100 undecided voters. And of course, the the big one that I think will be getting the media attention uh, today is this one. I have a four-year-old autistic son. We are grateful to receive funds through the NDIS, but I've heard many stories of people having their funds cut recently under the current government, including our own. Well, thank you, Catherine. What's your son's name? Ethan. Ethan, he's four. He's four. I can't... I, I, Jenny and I have been blessed. We've got two children that don't, haven't had to go through that. And so for parents with children who are disabled, I can only try and understand. Ah, yes, good job, Mr Empathy. Done it again. Jeez, imagine what it would have been like if there was like a bushfire victim up there pouring their heart out that their house had burned down. Uh, Morrison would have been like, uh, J- J- Jenny and I have been blessed with a house that hasn't burned down. I-, I can't even imagine. And speaking of houses, there was actually a question on housing affordability, which was nice, uh, to which Morrison responded. I remember when Jenny and I bought our first house. It was 30 years ago. It was tough then, but I believe it's tougher now. Here in Brisbane, uh, you're looking at median house prices about 840000 now, for apartments, it's around 450000 the median. To which everyone in Sydney responded, Holy crap, I'm moving to Brisbane. That's so cheap. And thanks, Gomo, for knowing all the exact figures there. If there's any, one thing all these debates prove is that Morrison's only discernible skill is memorising numbers. Nobody ask him to recite pi. We'll be here all day. Hey, Morrison, if this uh, politics thing doesn't work out, you want to come down to uh, Star Casino later, count some cards with me? That'd be... 
Put your skill, put your skills to some use. Finally. Oh, and thanks for reminding us how hard it was to buy a house in 1992 when the median Sydney house price was, let me look it up here, $183,000. Every millennial is like, wow, Scott, how, how, did you, how did you do it? The crisis in aged care also came up as an issue and uh, Morrison bizarrely claimed this. I called the Royal Commission into aged care because I didn't think the aged care industry, the aged care system was working. No, you called the Royal Commission into aged care for the exact same reason you always call the Royal Commission. There was a Four Corners report that made you call the Royal Commission. You know, on the ABC, the channelist debate should have been on. And then when it came to staffing levels and Labor's plan to have nurses on staff 24-7, Morrison said this. We can't just make nurses all of a sudden fall out of the sky. To which Labor responded, under this government, nurse catapult technology has gone backwards. We need to start building nurse catapults here in Australia. And then when it came to aged care funding, well, you just know Albanese is going to get some flack in the media for this flippant statement. And better transparency and accountability. We want to make sure that every single dollar that goes in, we know where it's going to. Not going to, to profits for someone to buy a new Maserati. Oh, you just know the Daily Telegraph tomorrow is going to have a front page story from a pissed off aged care shareholding Maserati owner about Labor trying to take their Maserati habit away from them. The, the next debate's going to have an irate Maserati owner at it confronting Albo. You know, it's going to be franking credits all over again, but, but, but Maseratis... A recurring theme in this debate was the two leaders just ignoring whatever questions they were asked and talking about whatever they wanted to. Uh, Here's a perfect example from Morrison. Uh, The latest polling statistics show that voters have an all-time low level of faith in the integrity of both major party politicians. What are you going to do to restore their trust in the democratic process? Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Our strong economic plan is getting people off welfare and into work. Our economic plan is about helping Australians realise their big aspirations in life. Yes, Morrison's government lacks so much integrity, he couldn't even answer a question about integrity. He's like, oh, crap, oh, that make me want to talk about all my corrupt ministers. Uh, what do I do? Uh, economic plan and run down the clock. Always works. Then there was this question from a small business cafe owner. During the uh, pandemic, I think it's fair to say that uh, a lot of the small businesses like myself, we were left out in the cold. JobKeeper was not accessible to us as we were not employees of our businesses. There was a lot of friends around that were sole traders, that were contracted to others. They were not eligible as well. Yes, and in a true sign that he has no idea how the economy works for us sole traders and freelancers who were basically abandoned during COVID, Morrison responded by saying, shut up and eat your tax cuts. Well, we've cut taxes for small business down to 25%. Second of all, we've provided the instant asset write-off. And what that means is you, if you go and spend on a new piece of plant equipment, a coffee machine, a fridge... Yes, and also, eat your coffee machine or fridge. It's an instant asset write-off now. Meanwhile, Albanese's response to this struggling small business owner was all about how he was going to make his wage bill more expensive. Uh, we think that as well in terms of taking pressure off uh, your, your small business. What we need to do is to have a plan as well to lift to lift wages throughout the economy. Ah, good one, Albo. Next time someone's drowning, you're going to tell them to drink water too? Why not? And then there was this question. I read today that um, only 55% of 18-year-olds are currently enrolled to vote. 
So I wanted to get an idea about how we're going to look at the disillusionment, I guess, externally as well as internally, coming off the back of some of those tragic stories that we've heard, heard from um, federal government lately with bullying and um, some issues inside around that. So how can we look internally to fix that? Now, I don't know about you, but listening to that question, I assumed it was about disillusionment with politicians and those allegations about bullying within political parties. But no, no, no. According to Scott Morrison, it was a perfect excuse to launch an all-out tirade against social media. But one of the biggest changes has been, I think, the very corrosive impact of social media on our society, and particularly in the way that it robs and steals the confidence and hopes of young people in particular, the bullying that goes online. Yes, but we all know Scott Morrison doesn't really care about children being bullied. All he cares about is his ministers being bullied on Twitter. He wants them to be able to unmask anyone who says anything mean about them and and force social media companies to hand over identities like we're in China. And speaking of bullying, there was one fiery clash between the leaders during the debate, and it was over border protection. Whatsoever. So can I ask Our a question? Our position is very clear. So, so when you were Deputy Prime Minister, why didn't you support Turnbacks then? You weren't proposing no, back we, then. No, you we were, were not proposing. Well, I'm sorry, you, you we were were not it was propo- our policy. You were not Turnbacks were our policy before you, you the 2013 not- election. I was the Shadow Immigration Minister. I designed the policy. So I'm, you were on the National Security Committee, I think, for the first time at that time. And so why did you not support Turnbacks? I was on the National Security Committee. We had established offshore processing yeah. just... Just at the in 2013, when I became Deputy Prime Minister, that was the first step. That was the first step. So you were going to do turnbacks? No. Come on, Scott. You know Albo didn't support it then because he wasn't trying to win an election then. Give him a break. You know how it works. Anyways, on to the closing remarks, and Morrison uh, summed up by talking about the economy, because let's face it, that's basically all he's got to run on. It all starts with managing a strong economy. Our government has proven that with a strong economic plan that has been delivering. Unemployment falling to 4%, a AAA credit rating, the biggest budget turnaround we've seen in 70 years. The future, we're heading in the right direction. Now is not the time to turn back. Turn back? Abba was like, I support that now, I promise, I support that now. Morrison's whole economic record he's trying to run on is a complete fabrication and mirage anyway. Unemployment is low because migration hasn't recovered after the pandemic border closures, and the biggest budget turnaround he talks about is due to a current resources price boom. This man has nothing to run on. Meanwhile, Albo's closing statement and a theme kind of running uh, throughout the debate uh, was that you should vote for him because Labor is the party of big picture policies. The Labor Party will always look after the disadvantaged. That's why we do things like the NDIS and the big picture things for social justice. <laughs> Labor does the big things, does the big things. And we also do the big reforms. We did the NDIS, we did pay parental leave. We did a fibre-based national broadband network. Labor does the big reforms. Meanwhile, everyone at home was like, we don't want any big new reforms. Can you just promise you won't go to Hawaii if there's an emergency? If you're elected, can you promise your government will not be full of corrupt, pork-barrelling sex pests, please? That's, that's the level. That's the bar for leadership right now. Just don't be a government full of corrupt sex pests and don't go to Hawaii. That's all we want. Anyways, at the end, Sky News polled the undecided voters as they left and announced the winner. 35% 
support for Scott Morrison, 40% support for Anthony Albanese, 25% of those in the room remain undecided. So after a debate where Morrison couldn't talk about his record and Albanese didn't land any knockout blows, well, we all know there was really only one winner today. Great effort by Spot. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Alrighty, thanks for listening. That's episode 101 of News Fighters. And if you're wondering, hey, what happened to episode 100? Well, it's out on our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters and on our Apple podcast subscription. If you want to click on there and listen to it i'll get uh, some sweet sweet coffee money or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters uh thanks for listening uh i'm going to be releasing more of these quick turnaround things uh, during the election campaign so keep subscribed keep listening follow us on social media sign up for our newsletter at newsfighters.com and keep fighting and bye for now this is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Great effort by... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A spot. Ah!